0: You buy some tacos tonight and they're okay. bad tacos and you die. So you've yep. died from bad tacoitis and let's say you had 50,000 pounds sitting in your wallets and your mum and dad are saying, okay, we had some crypto, let's get our hands on it. Uh, how do they do that? If the passwords are in your head.
1: Hello and welcome to the Crypto Standard Podcast where we take the cryptic out of crypto. Okay. Today we go through just a crypto housekeeping of where to keep your cryptocurrency, things to think about, timeframes, and we go into all of this. And this is quite a good thing to do while the cryptocurrency markets are boring, they're down, they're not going up at the moment. So this is quite a good thing to do just to keep your mind off it. Make sure for those moments when the cryptocurrency market does go back up, do you have it all secured? Okay, remember nothing we say is financial advice. Let's go.
0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the next episode of the Crypto Standard Podcast. With me, it's sitting in Dundee. It's Jim, and I'm with
1: me, Jay, sitting in Jay. Mexico.
0: Ah, how's Mexico?
1: Unbelievable! It's, oh
0: really?
1: Yeah, there's just so much to do and yeah, explore.
0: And I take it you're eating really lovely cheap food, and then how much is a beer? How much is a Dos or a or a what's the other Corona? Uh,
1: good question. I don't actually, <laughs> I don't actually know that. Um, I have. I bought some of the. The mega, it's called. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure the price of the beer, but the food is, you can get three tacos for the equivalent of like pound thirty-eight. it is. And that does you for dinner. Like That's it's pound thirty-eight for dinner. It's crazy the amount of like street food there is and how cheap it is.
0: God, who needs little? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> who needs little when you're in Mexico? <laughs> and have you met many crypto people or have you discussed crypto when you were down there?
1: Yeah, so I have, but I tend to stay away from the crypto people uh, or the the foreigners or gringos that come in and are into cryptocurrency because there's a certain like stigma around them and like mm-hmm. everyone's here for cryptocurrency and they don't shut up about cryptocurrency. They think they all know best. Uh, so, so I tend to stay away because I'm not really like that. Like I will engage in the conversation if people want to, but I don't really want to be around just these types of crypto people. So I, I just stay away and I don't engage in it unless they engage in it
0: with me. And if you think, so Max Kaiser obviously put a tweet out saying that he has insider knowledge that there are other countries this year that are going to adopt Bitcoin as legal tender. And you just wonder how many, let's call them Westerners, whether it's from the UK or Europe or America or Canada, are just going to head down to these Central American and South American countries.
1: Yeah, there is honestly so many. And here, I mean, I don't have an opinion on it, but... There's a lot of unvaccinated people here because you can get into the country and they're actually confined to countries that only allow people who are unvaccinated. And as far as I can tell, or as far as I've been told, is Mexico and El Salvador are really the only ones you can go to. So there's so many people flocking Europe to come to these countries.
0: Mm. Interesting to interesting to see over the next um, five to ten years what that does to house prices, food prices, mm-hmm. you know, when, when when Westerners move in um, McDonald's everywhere. Be McDonald's in every street corner. <laughs> but can you pay in Bitcoin? Can you pay in reserve? I haven't NSB. found
1: anywhere yet. I've been looking. And honestly, where I am at the moment, I don't think, because Mexico is it's not really South America, it is North America still. So, yeah, it's still coming, but yeah. I haven't seen anything in the mm-hmm. streets about Bitcoin, but I know Reserve is coming to Mexico, so I'm quite excited about that. And Interesting. Hopefully I can go down to El Salvador soon.
0: Interesting time just now, Jordan, when I've been just doing the usual research. And uh, so we're sitting where NATO is potentially going to go to war with or create some kind of tension with Russia as Russia threatens to invade Ukraine. And this is a big test for NATO. It's the first big test it's had in decades. Can they get their act together, act as one, and... Um, say to Russia, no, if you do this, we are not going to sit back. Apart from we will take you out the SWIFT system, I thought (laughs) I had an interesting article which was, so if you think about all the Russian oligarchs all around the world, so they've got their money tied up in the banking systems, different banks, different countries, and in Russia's part of that. So if if they shut them off from the SWIFT system, means that all the oligarchs, Oligarchs get shut down overnight as well. So it's not just about saying to normal Russians, if you come here and you do this fight, it's going to be your sons and daughters will get killed or injured. Mm-hmm. It's also saying to the rich and the elites over there, because there's plenty of them, that we're going to shut your business, you know, your what's happening with your businesses down. That's the one that will get Putin. That's the one who will be terrified, right? Right. Yeah. When his mates phone them up and say, I can't get into my uh, yacht parked and I can't pay for the petrol for my yacht parked in Cannes because my bank won't allow it, that's when they'll start to say, oh, because you, you you know, the Russians are everywhere down, and down in uh, mm-hmm. s- Southern Europe. So,
1: how do you. Interesting times. Yeah, that's so interesting. I never thought of
0: it like that way. Mm hmm. And then, and then you've also got the Fed. So the Fed just now are having meetings over the next couple of days. And right now they're, they're, they're tapering or sort of reducing the amount of money they pump into the system every month. I think it's gone from 120 billion to 80 billion and they're going to taper it down. And that's having big effects in the markets. So the markets are terrified. And this president... Joe Biden, he has got a real dilemma on his hands. Either he's the president that says, I fought inflation with the Fed and we brought it down and we did it within a year, and, uh, but in the meantime, I crashed the stock markets. Or uh, you, your, your 401ks and your IRAs are all good and, and, and the Nasdaq's bounced back up a 1,000 points. We're all good, but inflation's still sitting at 7 or 8% so actually your money's been devalued it's a really tough one
1: so tricky he's got to
0: pick i mean i guess it is
1: picking between wall street or the the people of america and yeah. their their livelihoods um because the way inflation's going it needs to be slowed down but yeah it's and like,
0: and, and ultimately He's this could this could make or break his presidency when it comes to like the um, midterms in November. So he might just be a one. I mean, where he's got another four or five years in him, who knows? Because he has yeah. look, he's been looking really old. The stress of the presidency, um, but it's a real tough one. A real tough one. But that's had a big effect on Bitcoin, Ethereum, Cardano, all the different cryptocurrencies. They've all they've all. Uh, taking a massive dump, haven't they?
1: Yeah. And they're expected to at the moment because it's not broken away. It's still part of the risk curve. And who was it? Is it Greg Foss or is it Lawrence that talk about it? Anyway, someone we've had on the podcast say that, of course, cryptocurrency is going to get hit because at the moment, cryptocurrency is, for traditional investors, regarded as the riskiest asset. Yeah. Whereas they can go to safety in other assets. So it's definitely going to take a hit. But I think at some point, we are going to see more of this shift. And I think, I was talking to someone the other day, I think it's going to be when we get close to the bottom of these corrections in global markets. Yeah. People are going to be like, okay, what? I don't want my money in here anymore. And yeah, it's just about getting out of that system because we are, we are, it's
0: highlighting now how failed it is. Here's what's happening. So while all this is going on, and while regular Joes and Jeans are looking at this with dread as you're, I mean, my pension, you've got a private pension in the UK. You're watching your pension drop in value significantly right now. But what's actually happening on the side is that people are accumulating cryptocurrency. Mm -hmm. So as we saw, um, half a million Ethereum, half a million Ethereum were removed from exchanges last week. Half a million. That's crazy. Yeah. And the same is happening with Bitcoin in that people are buying it has been scooped up right now, and that's what the smart investors are doing. That's what the institutions are doing. They're never going to tell you. Never yeah. going to tell you. And the headlines are awful when you look at some of the stuff coming out of America. People are buying because they know it's going to rebound. Now, that could be next month, it could be a year, but they know it's going to happen.
1: Yeah, and th- I mean, we've been through this, and for anyone new, this is very common. This is just the new money that's come in so the retail investors who don't know much about cryptocurrency and they've invested in it maybe not done their research and now they're selling because they're scared and they're like f crypto like it's lost me so much money and all that is doing is just moving that cryptocurrency back to the smart investors the long-term investors if you look at the cycles of bitcoin this is what happens every single time that you 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 will have to endure like the pain of where we are right now but if you believe like we believe in fundamentals of cryptocurrency then you know it's going to go back
0: up Hmm.
1: so you just hold
0: on um obviously you're a top financial advisor aren't you
1: (laughs) i am not are you a You're top not,
0: financial advisor? I am not either. And you, have no. you, so you, you've got a degree in financial planning and you've done chartered exams, is that correct? No, I have not. Have you? That's really strange, either have I, which makes us just a couple of dudes from Dundee. <laughs> I met <you>. I, <laughs> I, 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 I know. <laughs> I watch Coin Bureau sometimes. I quite like the guy. I always thought he was a real boring... He was just he bored the two pants off me. But recently what he's doing is he's doing these little videos where... So he did one the other day where he comes on and he starts talking in his very London voice about cryptocurrency and Ethereum. And here's blah, blah, blah. But then he did this. It's like he took a phone call from his chavy East London cousin. He's, he's like, oh, all right, mate, how are you doing? Can you, can you recommend some cryptocurrency? And so basically he was letting him know that he was, I'm not allowed to do that. I can't yeah. And it's just the way he did it. It was so good. <laughs> so, I mean, look everybody everybody wants their, crypt, their crypto podcast to be, you've got to listen to us. We're the only gurus. John and I would say, no, go and listen to others. Listen to Coin Bureau and listen to The Pomp, listen to Peter mm-hmm. McCormack. That's, that, that, if you do that, it means that you're educating and informing yourself from a load of different sources, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. Okay, so in today's video or today's, podcast even let's have a wee think about while well, all this maelstrom is going on and all the froth and um, and you make decisions whether you want to buy cryptocurrency now thinking or anticipating and hoping that it's going to go up in the next year that's up to you do your own homework but one of the things we thought we should be looking at just now is actually a bit of housekeeping
1: i think this is really important especially when the markets are boring like they are right now gives yeah. you time to do stuff like this because yeah. when they're green you, you're spending too much time just excited <laughs> yes
0: yes <laughs> so if, if you were to look at the housekeeping things so just now i have got five or six exchanges that i use and for those exchanges i have to keep my passwords and i have to keep my google authenticator security and I have got them tied in with mobile phones and anti-phishing codes and all that. And what I'll do is every every couple of months, I will go on and I'll log on. So I'll come off the apps and stuff and I'll log on to the mainframe and I'll say, right, I want to review my, my password. And I may put a new one in and the password. I won't put something like uh, Dundee River Tay. Yeah, you know, Dundee United rules. You know, that that's far too easy. It's got to be like so. Here's here's an example. I think of a good password. A uh, handle and cup, three thousand star star percentage 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 love gym or love love torch hash hash hash. That's the kind of thing you've got to do, isn't it?
1: Yeah, you need to make it. Unguessable, really. Yes. And this is like, especially if that's the place, say you're storing a little bit of cryptocurrency there or you're not storing cryptocurrency there, you still should have strong passwords on it because who knows in the future what you will have on there.
0: Yeah. So good strong passwords, lots of mixtures, uppercase and lowercase, Lots of you know stars and um, hyphens and all that sort of stuff.
1: Yeah, just and make
0: something random. Yeah,
1: don't write it in your iPhone notes. Ah, <laughs> good point. Good point. So many people do this, but Apple's hackable. What happens when they get that? And then they can hack your notes, and then they see that you've got. I don't know. That's just just cracking. And then it's got your password underneath.
0: Yeah, it's super easy. So here's a question because I was just going to say that. Where do you store that? So if you if you create this really sophisticated kind of unremember, so it's not p- people always go don't do United rules because that's so easy. Although I remember the used one was my my dad used to use it, it was like Celtic FC 1967. Right when Celtic were formed, or sixty—I can't remember for of it then—or I or, would or, or do Celtic, uh, eighteen eighty-eight. It was eighteen eighty-eight or something. Mm. As they were formed, so that was always passwords. But everybody in the bowling club at that time used that if they supported Celtic. <laughs> so you've got to do something that's non, that's really diff, difficult to remember. But here's a question to you, Jordan, and for the audience: If you don't write it in your notes. Where do you write it? Because ultimately, if you're on, an, I, I can only talk about iPhone, iPhone will say, would you like me to store this password? And I'll say, yes, please. But then every time I go on to my iPhone, I've got to use my biometrics, which studies my face. So that's all pretty good. But let's see what happens one day if your iPhone forgets it.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you need
0: to write it somewhere, do you not?
1: Yeah. And I mean, you could either write it, I just keep mine in my head. I actually don't write down my passwords. Okay, um, which is yeah. I mean, it works for me.
0: Okay, so let's I give you a scenario. Okay. you you go out and you, you you buy some tacos tonight, and they're okay. bad tacos, and you die. So you yeah. died from bad tacoitis, and let's say you had fifty thousand pounds sitting in your in your wallets, and. Your mum and dad, I say, okay, I had some crypto, let's get our hands on it. Uh, how do they do that? The passwords are in your head.
1: So that's very different. That's, I'm talking about the passwords for my exchanges. So they're right. the passwords that I create. Whereas with my actual wallets, my non-custodial wallets, yeah. that's, I keep them on encrypted USB sticks.
0: Okay, so there's a, there's an example. So you can buy an encrypted USB stick and you can save your... you can, It's just like a normal USB stick. Except it's, it's also got a password, hasn't it? Yes. yes. So you need to think about what, what you're going to use for that and then, and then save it. So at some point, there's possibly a breakdown in the security system in that you either keep passwords in your head, you put them in notes, you put them in a jotter somewhere and hide them under the bed, or you... Stick them on some kind of um, encrypted stick. But ultimately, you need to have them and you need to create strong ones. Yeah. 2FA, um, so two factor authentication. So recently, crypto.com, which we use a lot, and it's just now, it's um, I find it very straightforward as an app to use if I want to, to do anything on it. But it had a hack. And what it did was, I, it came up and it said, "You have to renew your two FA, your two-factor authentication." So I don't know what happened there, but I did it, um, and, it and it worked, and it's all fine. But two-factor two-factor authentication is pretty, is pretty solid security, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's just, and I would put it on, I put it on every account. Yeah, and all it is is a row of six numbers that regenerate every. Is it 30 seconds? I think it is.
0: It's about 20 or 30 seconds. Is it?
1: Yeah. So you actually have to have, to log into your account, you have to have these six digits. Yeah. And which means that you have to have your phone because you can't have it on multiple phones. It has to be on your exact one.
0: Yeah. And even something like Kraken, which I think is also a really good solid exchange for cracking, I'll have a – so i I need a 2FA to go on. So I need my Google Authenticator just to log in. When I'm on, if I want to make a purchase or if I want to buy some cryptocurrency or sell some cryptocurrency, there'll be a separate 2FA for that. Mm-hmm. If I want to – let's say I want to put £1,000 from my bank in or take £1,000 out withdraw, there'll be another one for that. So it's just – Continue levels of security because unfortunately in the cryptocurrency game and the banking game, the, the people or the criminals that want to get your cash are very sophisticated. Yeah. So 2FA is really important. Um, but there's other things that you can have, features that you can have. So there's another thing called the whitelist address. So your, your whitelist address means that let's say I had um, 5,000 pounds worth of cardano on Kraken for example and I say I'd like to cash that in and send the money to my bank or I'd like to send it I'd like to send that cardano to my crypto.com wallet It will only send I, I can put the crypto.com wallet on my Kraken. Exchange as my whitelist address. So and then I can and then I gets coded in. If anybody else tries to withdraw my five thousand pounds worth of Cardano to a wallet that's not recognised, it just stops it right away. So it means that no one can steal it to their wallet. It can only go to the whitelist wallet that you've 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 nominated on there, which is pretty good.
1: Yeah, that's really good. Just extra security on top of it. Yeah. That your funds can't move to wallets that you don't know about.
0: And there's another one that I um I used recently with BlockFi. So BlockFi is obviously one of these companies where you can you can buy and sell crypto on it, but you can put your your Ethereum on BlockFi and they'll lock it up and it'll pay you it'll pay you like interest on it. Mm. It's a bit like staking. But BlockFi, so if you want to take money, let's say you've got one Bitcoin sitting in BlockFi, and you say, "I want to take it. I want to move it out somewhere else." Um, what it does is you can't. You you set it up. You've got your whitelist set up, but then it locks it for twenty four hours. So it sends you emails and texts to say, "Is this you? Do you want to do this?" You've got to confirm all that. So you've got to go log on. You've got to confirm. And if nobody confirms or whatever, then it locks it as in it's giving you 24 hours. To, it wants to confirm that it's 100% you and it's your and your intent and, and go through all the security protocols. So it doesn't just do it automatically. That's another cracking feature.
1: Yeah.
0: So it would be interesting to see if banks in the future do something like that. So you if you think about how easy it is to go into Monzo or Starling or... Whatever bank you're on, um, Revolut, and just move 10 or 15 pounds. I, I can send you 10 or 15 pounds literally like that. But imagine they put a 15 minute hold on it and, and they sent you something to say, you're going to have to clarify it, you or whatever it is. And I, I know that Royal Bank of Scotland just now are, I can't send anything unless it analyses my face. Oh, really? Yeah, it's, it's called biometrics. So let's say I wanted to send you 100 pounds. And it's not happy or it's in or your new payment, it will say, Right, let me see you. I, I've got to put my face in the in this window, I've got to blink, and it goes, Right, that's 100 percent Jim Duffy using that phone. Who's logged in? That's good. We'll send the money. That's brilliant. What? and that's a bank doing that. That's, that's yeah ba- va- That's that yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well done, our well done, Royal Bank of Scotland, at least. Can't take <laughs> Give your money. Them out. A you can't buy cryptocurrency. I under, I understand why banks are anxious because. So let's say let's say cryptocurrency had gone. Let's say this goes to zero, goes to zero. People will people being people will turn around and say, "You Royal Bank of Scotland or you Starling, let me buy that." You didn't check. So right now, they're like, is this a scam? Have you checked this out? And they they're basically covering their asses. And you can't. In terms of risk, you can't fault them for it, really, can you?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> you're not You're not. I, it, yeah, I you. still don't like them. <laughs> I know. No, but I, I
1: see. Like, you can't just... There's no way that we can just move from a centralised financial system straight to a decentralised. There would be anarchy if yeah. that happened. So, yeah, they have to manage how this how this plays out, and yeah. they have to take precautions.
0: Um, another one you've got is you've got the anti-phishing code. So if any time, so let's say I'll just pick, let's say it's PayPal, for example. If PayPal are, are sending me an email or a, or some communication, in the top right-hand corner, there will be my anti-phishing code. So it's a word or a phrase. Mm-hmm. So let's go back to, so if it was my dad being, being who he was, he, would, I mean, he might have had... Um, um, Isle of Celtic or um, Parkhead? So I think Celtic play at Parkhead. So that the well, where the Dundee Dundee United play Tannadice, right? Tanadice. In case if you're a if you're a Dundee United supporter, um, you might they may have Tannadice, and so every time that the exchange communicates with them via email or text, that has to be on it, so you know if you get some email that comes in that looks as if it's from Crypto.com or looks as if it's from Kraken but it doesn't have that on it, you know it's spam and you know you've been someone's trying to hack you.
1: I've never used that, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I've never, yeah. But that's a really good point, actually. This week, I got an email from OpenSea, which is the website that buys and sells NFTs. And it said that one, an NFT of mine had been sold, but I didn't recognize the NFT. I didn't have that. So it was clearly a scam, but it looked so authentic. If I did have a similar NFT, I might have clicked on the link. So they are getting more intelligent. And what I would say about emails is, yes, look at it, but don't click on anything on the emails. If it comes up saying crypto.com or, in my case, OpenSea, I went straight onto the app. And then on the app, it would tell me in there if something was wrong. I don't trust the emails that come through anymore. And I think that's, yeah, I think that's the best way to do it because there is so many emails that are just junk now.
0: I know. So I think what we can take from this is that the cryptocurrency industry is taking security really seriously. And that it's giving you passwords, two-factor authentication, it's giving you whitelist addresses to get your cash out, 24-hour lockups, um, anti-phishing words. They're really going for it because the, what they don't want is, they they don't want to be seen as weak in security because mm-hmm. at some point, if let's say you're lucky enough to own one Bitcoin, you own one Bitcoin, that could be $500,000 in 10 years time could be everyone, not financial advice. So you kind of want to look after that, don't you?
1: Yeah. You don't want to. Yeah. You want to make sure it's safe. It might not have that much value now, but in the future, the, the value of it could be huge. So you want to make sure you've got it.
0: Yeah. Next up is actually talking about wallets. So exchange is where you buy and sell your cryptocurrency. And then if you leave it on there, you're just leaving it on the exchange. So if the exchange gets hacked, as as happened with crypto.com, um, crypto.com, people's, people's crypto can go. So you ought to, and I can be the world's worst for it, you ought to put your crypto into some form of wallet, whether that's a hot wallet or a cold wallet, um, if I think, I think about some of the wallets I use or that, that are around, you've got Trust, you've got Coinbase wallet, you've got Crypto.com wallet, you've got Metamask, and they've all got different features happening because some are online, some are offline.
1: Yeah. Okay. Let's break this down into, you've got exchanges, which are pretty much just a crypto bank. And they use something called custodial wallets, which means that they have the custody of your coins, which means that, yes, there is potential for hack. But they, they usually, most big exchanges have insurance on this up to a certain value, so they will be able to reimburse you. So custodial wallets is where you keep it on the exchange. And then you've also got non-custodial wallets. This is where you have the responsibility for your cryptocurrency. You get the keys. And this is where we were talking about, I keep those keys, which are a 12-word seed phrase. It's just 12 words on an encrypted USB stick because that is so important. So there's two types of wallets. And most big exchanges have both types. So crypto.com have their normal app, and they've also got a non-custodial app. Same with Coinbase, they've got the exact same. So there is two different apps you can get. One is very, very secure. One is more of an exchange. And I keep about 80 to 90% of my cryptocurrency in a non-custodial wallet.
0: Okay, so basically you're saying that, you would keep a majority of your cryptocurrency on something like a crypto.com wallet or a Coinbase wallet?
1: Yes, that's what yes. I do. Um, even though I don't, you don't get the as much advantage because if you keep it in a custodial wallet, which is like keeping it on Coinbase where you can earn interest or crypto.com where you can earn interest on it. I prefer to actually have the tokens and have the coins where maybe I'm not earning as much interest, but I know that they are mine. Um, But there is also other places, like you can get a Cardano non-custodial wallet where it's safe, it's yours, but you also can stake and get your interest.
0: Is that like euroi?
1: Yes, euroi. And I I will put a link to the tutorial how to do this below, because I've done that for YouTube.
0: So... When you go on to, let's just use, I think most people, if you go on to something like crypto.com or Coinbase, you and you'd go for the for their wallet, so you download the app, it then takes you in, and on that app, you're, you're setting up 2FA, two mm-hmm. two-factor passwords, two-factor two factor authentication, and then you're also setting up your 12- or 24-word seed phrase so that that makes it ultra-secure. OK, yeah. and that's and if you forget that seed phase, you cannot get back into that wallet. You've got a problem. Yes, you've got a problem. So that's why that's what makes them so secure. So you can't that, that seed phase either has to be written down and stored somewhere safe or in your head. OK, so you have got your. So let's let me ask you a question. You've got your Coinbase or your crypto dot com wallet. So that's a hot wallet because it's, on, it's online. What happens if, if the crypto of Coinbase or crypto.com get badly hacked? Are you okay because your coins are off the exchange and sitting in that wallet?
1: Yes, because they're not in the custody of these companies. And it's, it's kind of like, uh, I'm trying to think of a good example. I mean, I'm going to use, we will try this. so either keeping your money in the bank where they have the custody of it or taking it out as cash and that's like you kind of you can think of it like that that the custodial wallet is where it's with the bank if the bank fails your money will go down with it but if you take it out in cash you can keep it under your bed um not advised doing that but that's in the old days that's kind of what this new system is
0: Yeah, and then it's up to you to create your own, you're responsible. If you take your £5,000 out of the bank, you're responsible for ensuring that that is safe. So if you have it in your house, you're like, well, if my house goes up in flames, the money is gone, so I need to put it in a fireproof box. Uh, If the house gets broken into, my insurance company probably won't insure it because it's far too much, so I need to make sure it's safe somewhere so what do you, do you bury it in the garden but that, these are the things that you've then got to think about because you're responsible for your security Yeah. so it's a, it's a wee bit more hassle and a wee bit more involved but um, ultimately it depends how your appetite to risk and how much money you've got in the system okay so if if you then move this on a little bit and you say what you said earlier on about so crypto.com so let's say you've got one ethereum Crypto.com and load and Celsius and Blockfi and Abra—they all want your crypto, so they'll say, "Give us your crypto. We'll get and we'll give you if you lock it up with us. We'll give you three percent if you lock it up for twenty-eight days, for example." So I did. I did one actually. I'll I'll just give you just now. I'll just read it off because I they sent me an email. So I did one with a. Uh, crypto.com so i gave crypto.com one month ago i gave them one bitcoin and with that bitcoin i you essentially transfer it to them and they play the market and they they, they, they probably give it to a third party like BlockFi, and both of them will take a cut on it and then you get it back so the return was three percent um so i got three percent on my money over the month, so that gave me total interest earned of 0.003 Bitcoin, so then I went this morning, and at today's Bitcoin price, I put 0.003 in in US dollars, and it was $129, so that gave me $129, so I know I've got that 0.003 Bitcoin now added to my stack, and in 10 years' time, what could that be? That 120 k per thousand dollars, or it might not be, who knows? But the issue is, and it makes it really clear. So when you go to these sites and you do that, whether you use crypto.com, Celsius, Abra, BlockFi, and numerous others, if they lose your coins, you're snookered. Yeah. I think yeah. the only one, I think the only one that's actually insuring, you're trying to insure you these days, I think BlockFi are trying something, and so are Celsius. But your abs. You give them if you if you're rich enough to have five Bitcoin and you and you want to earn lots of money. If they go down, you've lost your money. If, if they to
1: be- totally go down, but if yeah. there's if there's something like a hack, like we there was a Coinbase hack last year, um, but they had insurance for it. So yeah, if there's something like a hack, then they will reimburse you. But yeah. as you're saying, if this come if a company Essentially, crumbles. Like some might, then yes, your your cryptocurrency very likely could go down with it.
0: Yeah. So the other it's, this is an aside, and we should do we should actually do an episode in this that if you've got certain levels of cryptocurrency with these your blockfies, your Celsius, your crypto dot coms, they will in inverted commas invest it for you. If as long mm-hmm. as you're willing to lock it up, they're obviously taking a cut and you're getting a cut of where they wherever they place it. And after a month, you get your, your Bitcoin or your Ethereum back plus the, the interest. Mm-hmm. But it's good. I know that some people have been using some of the big ones like Celsius and making a fortune over the last year. And maybe that's another strategy. So if we do if we hit a bear market over the next whatever length of time and cryptocurrency and the markets don't recover, it might be a good time to actually say, well, I'm going to just put my, I'm going to try and get, it's like, it's almost like having a high interest savings account, which is ridiculous mm-hmm. now because you don't get them, but getting get a high interest savings account and locking your money into one of these while nothing's happening with it.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're talking, or we have, we talk fairly negatively about it, but it's a great system. It's a great yeah. way to earn passive income, but we just want to highlight what the risks are before going in. Um, but well, yeah, like
0: I, I, use it as well. But I let's just do an it. episode in that. Yeah. Okay. Good job. Okay, so at the moment you've got your that uh, covers a lot of what we're talking about in terms of um, security, housekeeping, passwords, two factor authentic. Authentication, hot wallets, cold wallets, and maybe just now is a, a good time to have a wee think about when the markets, if the markets pick back up again over the next couple of years, what what would your investments look like? I, I think you've got it to be, I think you've got it to be. My my time frames, I'm now I've now pushed it out to about three or four years. Oh yeah,
1: but um, it's, well, it's always be been yeah. yeah. There's so much going on, so much adoption, but. Yeah, you always have to be five years.
0: So you've got to also think about your your appetite for risk. So am I happy to leave my cryptocurrency on exchanges or would I rather have it in a hot wallet or would I rather pull it right off and put it in something like a ledger, which Mm is a secure USB stick and it's basically off. What is my time frame? So if someone's sitting saying, right, I bought cryptocurrency in the last year and, and I'm underwater with it, it's not doing any good. But as soon as it hits as soon as this goes back up and I am back in profit, I'm just taking my money out. So you want to be able to do that quickly Mm -hmm. versus someone like me who's like, well, I'm going to have this in for years. So it's all locked up and I don't need access to it quickly. The other thing is your political slant. So if you hate the government, if you hate the banking system, if you resent the fact that Jamie Dimon's paying himself big bonuses, and we talked about that, and this is the way it's going on, if you resent central banks um, hold on interest rates and how we live our lives in inflation, and you want to opt out the system, then you're going to pull your stuff off exchanges. You're going to travel the world with it in your head, and you're going to go borderless. Um, so it's completely different. Uh, but you've also got to think about your tax. So I've just done my tax return. Um, and i've just declared my crypto crypto next year and yeah you've got to be able to say well if i'm going if i'm going to declare my tax what access do i need to you might you have to may have to cash something to pay your tax and finally location so where are you in the world what is what are the what is the internet like um are you close to banks can you can you use your crypto.com card and and pay for things um so there's lots of things to think about, but more and more banking services and card like things are going to come through all these exchanges because that's what they want to be your bank, don't they?
1: Yeah. There's so many options now.
0: Okay. It's quite a quite detailed, but I think it's probably not a bad shout every now and then just to go into a bit of housekeeping in the whole cryptocurrency world and stop focusing on price.
1: Yeah. Just yeah, it just reminds you. To check, because it's reminded me to check how secure everything is and make sure people know if something was to happen to me out here, people know what my passwords are.
0: Yeah, can I have them, please? You've got them already. <laughs> yes, I've got Jordan's passwords. Okay, all right. I'm um, good. Episode and let's say, uh, well, maybe maybe we should make the episode depending on what happens with cryptocurrency at the weekend we should maybe talk about how people can earn interest and how to do it yes that's a good I'll chance. have a look around and see who's offering the best rates yeah I like it alright mate I hope you feel good and I hope Mexico is uh, good to you and you go away and do what you do there eat tacos and jump in the water <laughs> thank <laughs> you enjoy flying <laughs> alright take care job. bye bye everyone